For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Blue Stable Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It is myself, Michael Pivia, as always, joined by Marcus and let's see here. Okay, joined by Marcus and Landon. How you guys doing? Doing good. Feeling great on this humidity type of Thursday. Friday's almost here, and football is almost here. We are excited. Man, we got some news to talk about. Let's hop into it. Yes, sir. I'm doing fantastic. About to go see Oppenheimer here in just a little bit. Super excited about that. And some big news. I want to get out of the way. Some huge news for everybody out there. I know this is exciting stuff. Creed is reunited. Again, the band Creed is back. They reunited. They're going back on tour. Let's go, Scott Stapp. Woo! <laughs> awesome. Can you take me higher? Yes, you can. Oh. Hey, man, I'm, I, I'm a sucker for my own prison by him, all right? Hey, That's- man, Creed is where it's at. Hey, what? Well, dang it! What was that big time song? Uh, what if? Yeah, that one from from the Scream movie and everything. That's their that was their big one, right? Well, they had a lot of big ones, Mike. That's a pretty big band, but yes, that was one of the big ones. <laughs> that was the one, right? Because no, higher, gonna... take me higher was Scott Stapp himself, right? No, no, that was no? Creed. That was Creed himself. Okay, because yeah. I know I know he ventured off and made his own album. Yeah, yeah, we don't talk about that, man. <laughs> Creed, yeah, that's where we go. So, hey, that that guitar player is a pioneer in the guitar industry. That doesn't he make his own guitars? The oh, guitar I mean, player for sure, Creed. Yeah, I'm sure he's got things, but they did like so. They like ventured off without Scott Stapp. They replaced yeah. Scott Stapp, and they became Alter Bridge. Which I don't know if you're a big wrestling fan or not, but they're the ones that did Edge's theme song, the Metalingus yes. theme song. Ah, okay. Bridge. That is Creed without Scott Stapp. So that. Uh, word for word, word for word. Hey, we love we we love Creed on this on the show, man. We are Creed stains. I got mad love for Scott Stapp. Dallas Cowboys halftime show, Creed. That's oh one my of Jesus! Best videos of all time. The ball one through, of, the ribbons flying through the air. It doesn't get any more American than that. Any more American, right? Because that is such rich tradition there. Uh, but hey, man, let's talk about tradition here, man. We 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 love Scott Stapp, Landon. We'll have all next week if we want to make it you know creed themed podcast if you want to create one and we'll sponsor it here on the blue stable let's get it going i mean he loves creed he loves um fall fallout boy like man god oh, man that that's, that's I'm, I'm just a yeah. lover hey man you're, you're a lover not a fighter right we, we we love some good music there but hey, hey we got some good things to talk about on the show guys we're going to talk about deandre hopkins joining the enemy right joining the enemy and then we got Sorry, and then we got going to talk about the new uniforms that the Indianapolis Colts decided to don on us for some weird reason. Could have just kept it a secret, but uh, and then we're going to talk about the running back position. Jonathan Taylor is in the middle of what seems to be a pretty high intense uh conversation around the league right now. And let's go ahead and start it off with DeAndre Hopkins here. 
He is back in the AFC South, guys. Back in the AFC South. He was vocal about wanting to compete and trying to contend for a championship. Uh, obviously, that fell through. That's not part of his decision going to Tennessee now. But he does go with Tennessee two years, $26 million. I don't know. I mean, money-wise, probably likely his last big hoorah, maybe, uh, before calls it a career. But going to Tennessee was definitely a decision, in my opinion. It was definitely a decision. Could have. Went to Buffalo, where he was heavily linked to, by the way. Could have teamed up with Stephon Diggs. You know, could have went with uh, uh, Josh Allen. But decided not to go there for, for some odd reason. Instead, going to Tennessee, where their quarterback room is really a cluster you-know-what. They don't know what their identity is on offense. They don't know what the deal is with Derrick Henry. I mean, gaining up on injuries the past couple of years. It is a Mike Vrabel coach defense now. He he is a great coach. So, I, I again, I would probably we would probably make this a much bigger deal if we knew the Colts were trying to compete, which they're not. So it's probably a little bit different. But Hopkins coming to Tennessee, Colts fans, Titans fans hate each other. Landon, let's start with you, man. DeAndre Hopkins in Tennessee. How does it affect the Colts? How does it affect the AFC South? Um, well, I mean, I like I have a pet fish also. So oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about things that don't matter. I'm sorry. That's like <laughs> I'm just kidding. So um as far as Hopkins joining the Titans, we all know the Titans, it's a wide receiver graveyard. It's where guys go to end their career. Um, that's probably what's going to happen here. Um, cause he like, since the PED suspension, he has not necessarily been the same player as far as being able to stay on the field, being able to stay healthy. Um, and, uh, that's unfortunate because he is one of the best wide receivers in football whenever he has been available when he has mm -hmm. been, uh, but you know, now he's approaching, I think he's 31, maybe about to be 32. Like we know, you know, that's generally the downturn for guys. We've, we've seen it for years now. So we'll see what happens. But um, uh, overall, you know, they needed wide receiver help. They got wide receiver help. Like he's going to be an addition to that room for sure. Um, but there's just still so many questions as far as the quarterback situation goes. Like are they going to stick with Tannehill? Do they go? With Will Levis, you know, that'll kind of sort itself out. Um, and then the offensive line is still a massive question mark as well there. I mean, it's probably one of the worst offensive lines in football. So even though, yeah, you have a great weapon, you know, if he's healthy and everything goes to plan in DeAndre Hopkins, are you going to be able to stand in the pocket and be able to give him the ball? Um, that's going to be another thing. And it's such, such a run-heavy offense because of the way that they just constantly have to rely on Derrick Henry to carry that offense you know in itself that you know what what do the opportunities look like for the passing game there so uh it was very clear that this was just about money he took the money um that's what it was it's that i don't think the titans are competing for a championship i think they might be in the mix for the afc south i think they're probably the second favorite in this division right now which is probably where i would have put them before the deandre hopkins signing yeah uh, so it doesn't really change much to me they probably went from six to eight wins this season to probably six to eight wins this season. It didn't change. Yeah. So um, 
we'll just have to see, you know, that's, they're like kind of where the Colts have been the last few years at this point, you know, between last year and this year. And that's just right smack dab in the middle. Like they're not bad enough to compete for a top pick, but they're also probably not good enough to compete for, you know, the AFC title and, you know, for a Super Bowl. And that's the one place you don't want to be as a franchise is just right there in the middle. So, um, unfortunately, you know, it might matter to that fan base. It'll help sell tickets. It'll provide a few exciting moments this season for them. Jersey sales, yep. I mean, I don't really necessarily think it has much impact as far as the pecking order of the AFC. No. Yeah, um, you know, just like how you said, uh, definitely a wide receiver graveyard. Um, like the Randy Mosses of the world, Julio Jones, all of these guys towards the end of their careers ended up in Tennessee. How? We don't know. But, I mean, when you look at the way that the, the rumors was going around with him going to just to Baltimore and then other teams being involved, it's like, all right, so what happened? Maybe it was like a last-minute option with Tennessee because it looked like nobody was willing to spend this much money on DeAndre Hopkins especially after, you know, like the injury scares and his age and, you know, the decrease of his, you know, his stats and his numbers. When you just look at it, like he still can go out there and play some football, but he's just not the same DeAndre Hopkins that we used to, um, that we used to see, I would say. Um, him coming back to the AFC South, it's definitely, um, it's not really like a, a chain mover, like we mentioned for Tennessee. But, you know, of course, he'll still out there have his DeAndre Hopkins type moments. I don't know, man. He, you know, me personally, I, when, when I heard the allegations, when he got caught with those uh, those PDs, I was like, I don't, I don't know. It was always something weird about him. But, I mean, hey, it is what it is. I'm not here to judge. I'm just saying. But, you know, like I said, he's not a chain mover, in my opinion. He doesn't scare me. Uh, the Colts have a lot of history with this guy. If you want to go pull out the records, I mean, we beat him when it was important. We, we've had that one playoff game against the Texans. We did come out favorites when they had Deshaun and, and the Hopkins. They had a really good season, but the Colts happened to win that game. Just saying. But, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, like I said, good move for Tennessee. Will it do anything? Absolutely not. But, you know, hey, I'm all about players getting their money. So he got a deal done. He's playing football still. Good for him. But from the Colts fans' perspective, it is what it is. Nothing moves me at this point. I mean, they're still going to go out there and have the same record we predicted before the move. So it is what it is. I don't think it does anything other than that. Yeah, I don't think anything else needs to be said about this. I mean, he, he his camp kept putting out, oh, he wants to compete. You know, he wants to contend for a championship. But he also, they also put in, like, he also, you know, he's also looking for money as well. And, hey, in the end, money trumps all, right? It, it trumps all. So, other than that, Tennessee stays where it's at. It has no bearing on how Indianapolis is going to do. I'm, I don't even think Indianapolis even cares about this because, again, we know what type of time frame they're in right now. So I think that's really all that needs to be said. Moving on here, the Colts decided to come out with an alternate uniform, okay? They're coming out with an alternate uniform called Indiana Knights. And to be honest, guys, I mean, I'm I'm tr- I'm looking at it right now. I I don't even know what to what to, what to say about this. I think like it's solid. I I actually love the fact that there's a black helmet now associated with the Colts. I, I like that idea. It's it's the rest of the uniform for me, man. It's it's the rest of it. Like 
I, I don't know where it came from, what the theme is. I'm not from Indiana, so I'm not entirely sure if Indiana Knights is something that even looks like this. Uh, Landon, let's let's start let, let's start with you here because I feel like you got something to get off your chest. I don't know, like looking at the photos right now, I don't know if I'm looking at the Colts or Eastern Carolina. I I, I don't know. So let's so, start with you, man, and let's go with uh, Marcus. All right. So so you y'all don't know where Indiana Knights comes from. Like the the not at all. boys on the Indiana night. Not yet, not at all. That's that's Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Uh Last Dance with Mary Jane. You ever heard that song? That's that's no. Indiana Night. Oh man, come on, Mike. I've um, heard the song. We know Mike didn't, but you know, I've yeah. heard it. Well, anyway, that's where it comes from. But this these jerseys are an insult to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Let me get that off my chest. Tom Petty's one of the greatest musical artists of this generation uh and this just completely ruins that legacy so because now every time i hear that song i'm going to think of these absolutely horrid jerseys and you would think with it being indiana nights that it would be a blackout jersey nighttime blackout you know black helmets black pants black jerseys a little bit of blue accent i mean um you know that's kind of what we were thinking and now like it's just like this this all blue, like, and it's not that I dislike the jerseys or the colors or anything like that. I like them in themselves. I just don't like them together. It's 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 just it clashes too much. It's it's the color, the coordination just doesn't work with me. Plus, I'm just you know me, the resident old head here. I just like the old classic combo, the clean classic jerseys. I don't like any of these new stuff, um, especially too with all these great. Old school jerseys coming out, the Seattle Seahawks throwbacks, the creamsicle Buccaneers, even the Titans, unfortunately, I hate to praise them, but they're going with the yeah. Oilers throwbacks. Those Oilers throwbacks are so cold. This like, and then you know, the Browns doing their their uh you know jerseys and alternates and stuff. So the fact that the Colts come out and then have the worst ones to me out of all this entire bunch. It's just so on brand for what the Colts have produced over the last couple of years uh, for them to just come out and just completely stink it up. And uh, yeah, not a fan. Don't like it. But it's only one week out of 17. Yeah. Um, it's probably one time we're ever going to see these jerseys. Maybe. Yeah. And, and it seems to be a consensus on the internet. Like there's some Colts fans that love them, and that's all great. But sorry, that's my wife. <laughs> you never get away. Um, but uh yeah, it's is I'm just not a fan. Not a fan. Um, I personally I like because it's different. Um, of course I'm not a fashion designer, so I'm not gonna go into detail with the stitches and all those good stuff. But hey, it's a black helmet. This is something Colts fans wanted for a minute, in my opinion, from what we've seen on social media. They wanted a black helmet, they wanted something different. They wanted an alternate uniform because they were tired of the traditional jerseys that we're always wearing. Um, of course, if it was up to me, I wouldn't have the blue top and the blue bottoms. I would have made those black with some blue stripes on it to know to, that we're still like representing the Colts logo in general. Um, the logo on the jersey is a little, eh. I mean, they could have did something other than a C. Uh, shout out to Luke, my guy Luke Verkamp. He mentioned how the C looks like everybody's a team captain on the team, which is mm -hmm. hilarious because that's true. But I do like it because it's different, uh, of course. Now, uh, but you know, like I said, they could have they could have did a little something with it. They could have tweaked it a little bit, but 
I mean, it's not what we're used to seeing. It's something that we wanted, uh, just like alternate jersey-wise. Um, so I'm cool with it. Uh, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have no problems with it. It's just I'm, I'm happy for the black helmets, though. Like, them joints tough. I like it. Honestly, man, like, I – like I, I I'm I'll accept it because it's a black helmet and I'm glad we got a black helmet now. Like it, it's gonna look nice, but yeah, everything else the the C making it look like everybody's gonna be a captain. Uh, I I I just, I just don't know, man. I I really don't know. What what would a I would have loved if they went with like a stormtrooper type, kept the white helmet, maybe made it chrome and then the rest white or maybe black bottoms or even the black helmet with the white bottoms, like with. Like everything else from the neck down, white. I it just looks. It gives me like a high school type uniform. Like it it, it reminds me of Copper's Cove. I, I live near. I'm like thirty minutes from Copper's Cove. It reminds me of the Copper's Cove Bulldogs. That that's what it reminds me of. That high school. None of y'all know it unless you live in temp or uh, in Texas. I literally think I'm looking at a program of the Copper's Cove Bulldogs. That's what I see. But, hey, Alec Pierce and Rodney Thomas did his thing. The reveal was much better because it had Rodney Thomas in it. So that that's a plus. Uh, Alec Pierce, obviously, looking great. Obviously trying to put the accessories out. Got the sleeves. Trying to make it look as good as possible. So, hey, it's going to be one time, one game, I believe, week seven against the Browns, right? October 22nd. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be one time, guys. One time we're going to see these or maybe it – I don't know. It hasn't been said that it's going to be once every year. Has it? It's just going to be like a one-time thing? Hopefully. Hopefully, right? Ho- hopefully because goodness gracious. Like, hey, man. And it, it, it might end up being one of those things that like once it's out there on the field. Maybe it's different. You're playing. It looks good and it looks better. Look. So we'll just it, have to see, but – yeah, if they make one tweak and take the C away, then I'm good. If they take, if they make that one tweak, I'm good. Right, and if they go out there and like Anthony Richardson's looking clean, he throws five touchdowns, he runs another three in wearing these jerseys. You understand? Like, hey, if you play good, you play good. Yeah, if they if if they win the game and Anthony Richardson performs well, yeah. Michael Pittman goes for a hundred, and the offensive yeah, line is actually looks like as long as y'all are doing your thing out on the field. <laughs> exactly. I don't care. Like I, I don't care if it's against the Browns or Watson. Watson, more than likely, it's going to be a loss. But, hey, man, if they come out and beat the Browns, and we always love beating Deshaun Watson, right? I'm for it. Hey, I, I get it. Like, there's also people trying to gaslight us on, on, on Twitter. Like, oh, you know, it, it's great. It's new. It's unique. Like, dude, it's, it's a very mid uniform, okay? Very, very mid, and that's putting it lightly, okay? So, But other than that, hey, the Colts finally got – uh, anyone my age, that means it's average. Right. Anyone his age, that means it's average, okay? Mid. What is mid? <laughs> oh, my. Average. Come on, man. Hey, man, there's people on radio now that use mid, okay? Although Jake Query doesn't want to get on with any new slang or new trend at all. Right. Jake, so. Jake Query wants to stay in 19, 1980, which is understandable. That's his era. Grew yeah, that's up. A great, that's a great time period. Yeah, and I, I don't blame it. I don't blame anybody who wants to stay in their era. There's yeah, great, hey, great times in every era. Speaking of 1980, let's talk about running backs. Oh man, nice, nice, nice. Let's talk about the running back situation because this situation is eventually, if not already, going to lead to Jonathan Taylor. All right, 
there is a lot of of really sensitive talks that are heated right now amongst running backs in the NFL. Guys like Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor. These guys are now coming out because it's a discussion that, you know, we've said the last year, we're eventually going to get to this conversation with Jonathan Taylor. And it's not going to be it's it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. There's going to be people that are for pay him. There's going to be people that are not going to want to pay him. It's just a, a lot of a lot of pocket watching, really. And it, it, I don't necessarily always want to get into that. I want to get into football aspect of it all. But really, just getting into it. Let, let's go ahead and start with the others before we get to Jonathan Taylor's situation. Okay, Austin Eckler has been really active. On Twitter, and if you don't know Austin Eckler, he's probably what a top five fantasy player almost every year. Uh, can line up in the slot, really good receiver, also a really good running back. Uh, so let, let, let's go ahead and talk about a tweet that he put out. He was quoting a tweet from Matt Miller. If you don't know Matt Miller, he's an NFL draft scout for NFL Network. Matt Miller put out, been saying it for years. Number one, draft a running back. Number two play the running back. Number three, tag the running back once, and then four, draft a new running back. Austin Eckler quote tweeted this and said, and I quote, this is the kind of trash that is artificially devalued one of the most important positions in the game. Everyone knows it's tough to win without a top running back, and yet they act like we are discardable widgets. I support any running back doing whatever it takes to get his bag. Okay, I, I support Austin Eckler for standing up for his his brothers that play the position and everybody else that has come before him and that is going to come in the future once he is retired from this game and introduced into the Chargers ring of honor, right? I, I support it. But at the same time, let's break this quote down first off. It, it is the trash that is artificially devalued, one of the most important positions in the game. First off, there's nothing artificially devaluing about it. The facts are the facts. You go back through the past 20 Super Bowl champions, all of their running backs, you can maybe find one team that had a top running back that won a championship. And that's just one. That one guy also was called Marshawn Lynch. His name was Marshawn Lynch. And not only was he a top running back, but he also had the best defense in our modern era since, to, uh, of course, since the Ravens, of course. Since then, they had the Legion of Boom. They had Michael Bennett in those guys. They had a defense to rely on. So, yes, they could run the football with the top running back. And they had a rookie quarterback on the roster, right? So, other than that, you go back through the past. I mean, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They had Isaiah Pacheco win and perform well in the Super Bowl. He wasn't just out there for a couple plays. He performed well. Performed well. He is one of the reasons why they won that game. So... To, to come out here and say it's tough to win without a top running back, it's tough to win with a top running back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I would argue that because 
as long as the Colts have had Jonathan Taylor, where have they gone? Where? They lost to the to the Bills in 2020, didn't make the playoffs the year after, and then like like what I, I, I don't get it, man. Landon, let me pass this to you because right now this is Austin Eckler's quote right here. What about this? I mean, th there's a lot to, to take away from this, and it's just lunacy. But again, it's Austin Eckler sticking up for himself, sticking up for his fellow brothers in the league, and for everyone else he knows is going to come and is going to be affected by this in the future. Yeah. So, I mean, one, if you have followed me for any long period of time, you know I'm always on the trend of hashtag never pay running backs. Um and that's not to say, like, I don't value them. They don't have their importance. But that is the only position to me where from the moment they are drafted or, you know, pretty much after their, you know, second, third season, it's a depreciating asset. I mean, like, you know, as the carries rack up, they these guys don't get better, you know, with reps. They actually get worse. And that's one of the – if not the only position you can say that about, you know, because normally, you know, your wide receivers – you know, the more reps you get, the better off they're going to get. You know, they grow into their second contracts, their third contracts. Usually running backs on their second contracts now, we've seen it for years, going downhill. And then, you know, like you were saying, running backs to win, you know, super for Super Bowl winners, I mean, you had Isaiah Pacheco, who you mentioned, Sony Michelle for the Rams, Ronald Jones for the Bucks, And then you get into James White, Corey Clement for the, you know, for the Eagles. Damian Williams, whenever the Chiefs won their first Super Bowl, Ronnie Hillman, Mike Bell, I, you know, Cam Akers, Brandon Jackson. Um, I mean, really. LeGarrette uh, Blunt as well. Yeah, LeGarrette Blunt. Like, these are guys, like you said, you have to go all the way back to Marshawn Lynch to find a top tier running back in the league of winning a title. And then you put it so very eloquently, he had the greatest defense of this modern era. And not only that, but he had one of the best quarterbacks of this modern era in Russell Wilson, which yep. is really what matters. Um, so, yeah, it's not a position that, you know, is very indicative of winning championships because as we've seen, a lot of these guys are late round picks to undrafted picks and they're leading their team in rushing in the Super Bowl. Um, Shane Steichen even, you know, made made the comment, you know, you you score to win or, uh, you know, you throw to score points and you run to win the ball. But the only way you're running to win the ball is after you throw the ball and score all those points. Yep. Um, so you're basically using the running back as just kind of like clock management, you know. Um, now it's always a different conversation when you have, you know, certain guys that are talented. But, I mean, you look at the top tier rushers in this league, you know, Austin Eckler being one of them, Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry. You know, what have the Titans won? You know, nothing. What have the Colts done? Nothing. What have the Chargers done? You know, nothing. Um, I mean, these are teams, you know, the, the Cleveland Browns with Nick Chubb, who has not spoken about this. To me, Nick Chubb's the best running back in football. Um, what, what have they done? Nothing. Uh, so, I mean, it's just the unfortunate reality of the way that this game is being played now, um, and that's through the air. So, you know, it's a, it's a tough – uh, tough conversation to have, but it's also a realistic conversation of where this league is and where this league is headed. Yeah, it's an ugly situation. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely one of those situations that we've talked about on this show plenty of times. And, you know, now that the situation happened, 
especially with the other quotes that you're going to bring. I'm sure it's like it's a tough spot to be in because, you know, as an owner of the team and everything, you know, paying these guys contracts, it's like you got to be careful with what you put your money and what you invest it into, and especially in the running back position, which is pretty much almost like non-existent at this point, because this is like a passing league when you look at it, especially from a fan's perspective. Um, even if guys that like former athletes that played in the NFL, they're saying it's a passing league. All of these numbers, all of these passing, like even last year, like you can look at the Colts as the greatest example. Like we threw the ball almost 50 times with a banged up Matt Ryan, even with Jonathan Taylor being on the field. You know, like it's 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 like it's pro, it's previously known like like those bull cow with those with those running backs that's just like. Ram like Ram Ram Ram. It's not it's not it's not that type of football anymore. You got to get you a dual threat type of running back that can catch and and run at the same time. Like the the Christian McCaffrey's of the world. Like even Debo Samuel, he can play running back, but he can receive as well. Play come out the backfield. Like even wide receivers can do what running backs can do. So why should I put my money in a running back that all he can do is run? You know what I mean? Even fullbacks like Kyle Juszczyk. You know what I mean? Like. Why am I putting money in this running back when other people can do what you can do? And that's just not my yeah. mindset. That's like that's what I'm looking. That's what I'm seeing from the owners when they're not paying these guys. It's unfortunate, but like I said, the game has changed, and uh, you got to evolve as a player to try to at least maintain your job in a position that's pretty much dead at this point in this and, league. And it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And then you look at it, and correct me if I'm wrong. Nick Bosa still on his rookie contract, right? He's still on his rookie contract. And guess what? The 49ers made the trade for Christian McCaffrey. Both of their quarterbacks that they played this year were on rookie contracts, Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. So, yeah, you can maybe make those moves to try and strengthen your team. But, what? okay, so, let, so let's move on here. This isn't necessarily about Austin Eckler, but we're going to get to Jonathan Taylor real quick after this Aquan Barkley quote that I have here. Now, before I say this, I will preface that Saquon Barkley did not say this like with malice intent. He didn't say this with malice, malice intent. I went to go look for the clip because I wanted to see like how was he saying this. He just presented an option that he could possibly take. He he mentioned many times in the interview that he does not want to go this route. Like it, it would really be hard on him mentally, emotionally if he went down this route. So I do want to preface that before I say this quote. Uh, Saquon Barkley explains that he was on a podcast. I actually can't. Oh, Money Matters podcast. So Saquon Barkley had this to say. My leverage is I could say F you. And he literally said the word F you. To the Giants, I could say F you to my teammates and be like, you want me to show you my worth? You want me to show you how valuable I am to the team? I won't show up. I won't play it down, and there's a play I could use. I might have to take it to this level. That 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 alone, look, this isn't really a Giants podcast, so we don't really need to go in on Saquon himself. But after Saquon said that, let's go find a quote from Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor tweeted this out. One, if you're good enough, they'll find you. Two, if you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed... Number three, you boost the organization, and then doesn't matter. You're a running back. This is what Jonathan Taylor himself tweeted out. Landon, let me get your uh, l- let me get your take on this before you get going because you do got to get going here. I want to get your take on this first. Jonathan Taylor speaking this out basically on Twitter. 
Where do you think him and the Colts should stand on this? Well, I mean, I'll say this. Like, I think it's just him sticking up for his fellow running backs, for his position. I don't think it's necessarily anything to do with him and the Colts. I think it's just more necessarily him standing in solidarity with the guys at his position that are going through this right now. I do fully expect Jonathan Taylor to be signed to the Indianapolis Colts on a fair deal. Um, Chris Ballard has made it known what he thinks of Jonathan Taylor. He's always been one of the guys that like he will pay his guys. But at the end of the day, there are going to be some tough conversations to be had because he is not really a threat in the passing game. We saw the injuries kind of rear their head last year. So that's something you're going to have to, you know, talk about as well. But I, you know, I fully expect him to get a deal worked out. I don't think this was a quote necessarily about him and his negotiations. I think this was more of him standing in solidarity solidarity with the guys at his position that are going through this right now. All right, man, Landon. Well, thank you for, for the input, man. We'll go ahead and let you get going. Everybody, thank Landon again for, for, for this show. We'll see you back here next week, Landon. Go enjoy, right, go enjoy baby. what you got to do. That's right. <laughs> Love you guys. Appreciate you. See you here in a little bit. Go Colts. Those All right, jerseys man. are awful. <laughs> All right, man. Well, like Landon was saying there, I, of course, I don't think this affects the win scenario. Like, it's not a matter of if Jonathan Taylor is going to get extended. It's just a matter of when, in my opinion. Because, again, you do have some rookie deals coming up. You do have Alec Pierce on a rookie deal. You do have Bernard Ryman on a rookie deal. You still got young guys. Your, your whole cornerback room is basically rookie deals. Your safety room is rookie deals. Your linebacker rooms have already gotten paid. That's not harping you anywhere. Your defensive line is still on rookie deals. Quiddy Pay, Dio Dangbo, Eric Johnson. You just drafted a couple more you're not really the Colts are not in a position where they're strapped right now now again that's right now Michael Pittman still needs to get paid right I, I, he needs to get paid for Jonathan Taylor to say this now I, I would love to rebuttal Landon in, in, when he's here but since he's not he is going to get paid I do think he is are you going to get into a situation where you know Jonathan Taylor isn't happy with the with the extension that Chris Ballard is providing. I mean, if you're not happy with it, then don't play and you won't get paid. So I, I, I don't know what else to, to say. That's going to be between him and his camp. But this is just the area where Jonathan Taylor is sticking up for his friends, but at the same time, he plays the same position. So what he said and what he tweeted came from his heart. It did. He didn't just put it out there. To, to stand in solidarity it is in his heart and he is in that position because even people i myself i am guilty of this even people in his own fan base have said when jonathan taylor's time comes bye and, and jonathan taylor tweeting that out came from jonathan taylor himself it wasn't just him standing in solidarity in, in solidarity with his brothers i don't think it's that it, it, it's just a tricky slope because in reality, yes, we can talk about how the running back will help Anthony Richardson and everything, but handing Jonathan Taylor a fat contract, what does that do for the Colts? Honestly, because yes, Jonathan Taylor had that near superb MVP caliber type season. I think it was MVP caliber. Apparently NFL voters did not think so. But even when that happened, Marcus, remind me again, 
What was the Colts' record, and where were they at in January? We were bottom last, I think. <laughs> right, right. So, so when he had that MVP caliber season, you did not win your division. You did not win the last two games of, of the season. You did not go to the playoffs. Didn't win anything. So, again, how does a top running back what, – what does a top running back achieve the Colts, help the Colts achieve this year? What does it do? Like, other than helping Anthony Richardson, because, again, before Jonathan Taylor, because this is just the facts, before Jonathan Taylor can help Anthony Richardson, the front five in front of both of those guys have to help them. So if that's not working out, you can't, you, you can't go and strengthen the offensive line because you've already paid the running back. So if you go into the season, Ryan Kelly is still struggling, Braden Smith is struggling, and then the right guard, who is the right guard? Whoever the right guard is, if they're struggling, what are you going to do? Oh, we can't go throw $10 million at so-and-so because we already paid Jonathan Taylor. Okay, so you're, you're hand-strapped. You're, you're strapped. Marcus, I want to get your opinion on this, man. Where, where are you at with this? Because all of this, yes, again, both the, you, you and I like the likelihood of Jonathan Taylor getting extended. We love the chances of him getting extended. But if it does get to camp and there is a holdup because camp and his Taylor or Taylor and his camp don't like the offer presented, what's happening? Yeah, so this is, this is one of those situations where it comes down to Taylor's camp being smart. I mean, we're all here for, you know, players getting paid. But if his camp feel like, you know, he's getting underpaid or other things, they got to look at the whole perspective of the situation. Of course, we all know Jonathan Taylor's going to get paid. That's not the conversation. But we're saying what could what could potentially happen. Um, but when you look at it from a perspective of what have you done for me lately, you know, with his fumble histories and his consistent injuries that's starting to pile up, him not being a dual threat, really, it's like, you know, you're you're going to get a, a good load of contract, but you're not going to get what guys like McCaffrey are expecting from what I'm predicting here. Um, but I do think the contract would be, you know, good for him, good enough for him to, you know, to be a Colt because that's what I want him to be. And we mentioned how he can help Anthony Richardson, you know, evolve his game, especially having support in the backfield like a Jonathan Taylor. It's definitely good for what you would want for your franchise because you have a franchise quarterback now that needs to develop. So I think that's more it's more of, you know, what could you do for the team instead of what could you do for Jonathan Taylor? So, um, like I said, I think, you know, Jonathan Taylor is a good player. Um, he still has to bounce back from these injuries. And I think he will bounce back. And he's coming into the league with situations that we were already aware about with this fumble is the fumble scenario. We knew he had this coming out of college. So none of that shocks me at this point. But him staying healthy is the biggest question mark going into this contract. Uh, if he can stay healthy, he's worth it. If he can't stay healthy, then he's just going to be like every other running back with the same situation when it comes to these deals, which is, is like I said, it's tricky. So, I mean, like I said, I'm all for uh, Taylor getting this deal. It's just a matter of fact, can he stay healthy? That, that's just my biggest question. Yeah, yeah. One, one of the things that was missed, uh, again, it's not your fault. I mean, I, I even forgot it until it really popped up in my head, was he also had five fumbles this past season, and three of them cost the Colts the game, essentially. Three of them. So that's three losses. I I, I was there I, for one of them. <laughs> you you were there for one of them, right? And that was the Commanders game, right? 
Yes, it was, yeah, it was that was at the crowd. <laughs> oh that was gosh, the that was the Sam Ellinger game. Yeah, that that that's what that was. Th- this is a tricky situation. A- again, the extension is going to come. I'm sure of it. Jonathan Taylor is entering the final year of his rookie deal. All of this discussion sparked because uh, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, and Austin Eckler they went without extensions. So their rookie contracts were up, but they were tagged in free agency. So they didn't hit the, hit the open market. Tony Tony Pollard could have been an unrestricted free agent, but he was franchise tagged by the Dallas Cowboys. Austin Eckler, the same. Saquon Barkley, the same. So there was a deadline. Tuesday was that deadline for franchise tag players to get extensions. That was the deadline. That deadline passed. So now all of this started and it is unfortunate, but what what is the tag? Like $17 million or something like that? So it's not necessarily terrible, but again, you would rather three, four year security rather than one year. And I totally get it. All of us understand. It's just like us with our jobs. We want that security. We want that financial security. We, we want that. So I, I sympathize with these guys on that part. But at the same time, if if Chris Ballard approaches Jonathan Taylor and says, here's a two-year extension based at $35 million, so roughly $16, 17000000 million annually, 16.5, let's say that, $16.5 million annually, and Jonathan Taylor says, no, I'm worth more than that, I, I, I can't sit there and say, oh, Chris Ballard, you should have knew better. Like, I can't do that. I can't. He was given the extension. He was given it. Now, this is all hyperbole, right? If we get to training camp and the first day of camp next week, they lock it up, bang, all good news, right? Everything's good. Everything's good, which, again, I, I do believe it will be taken care of before you hit a preseason game for both Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. That's just my personal belief on when those things are, when those contract extensions are going to be finalized. If it came down to a choice, uh, Pittman or Jonathan Taylor who gets a contract, Michael Pittman 100%. I don't even think that's a discussion. I, I don't think that's – like it's not me hating on Jonathan Taylor. I recognize him as a top three, top two running back in this game at full health and like any other running back in this game and that has come before in the last 50 years, you need an offensive line in front of you to, to be successful. So let, let, let's just start there. But again, Jonathan Taylor – his position, and I have been so consistent on this, Jonathan Taylor's position is dependent on six to eight guys doing their job, essentially. The quarterback recognizing if it's a good play, and if it's not a good play, get out of the play. Five five offensive linemen doing their job. Might need a tight end in there. Might need two tight ends in there. That's six to eight guys you are depending on. As to where Michael Pittman yeah, Bernard Ryman, or as we saw this last year, Matt Pryor could just get pistol whipped on a play, but Anthony Richardson could still have that one to two seconds to get the ball out of his hands, and Michael Pittman can still get it. So th- that's just wh- what do you take your chances with, being dependent on one guy or being dependent on six to eight guys? That's just the bottom line of it. So, again, all of this. I really hope it doesn't get ugly between Ballard and and Taylor. I really hope it doesn't. I don't think it will. Jonathan Taylor has been nothing but class, a leader, first-class citizen of Indianapolis. Chris Ballard has shown 
to be a great GM who sympathizes with players, great, great relationships with agents. Agents applaud him everywhere you go, whether if it's the draft, senior bowl, combine, training camp, they all have high praise for Chris Ballard. So, I mean, the only time I could think of a, of Chris Ballard really beefing with a player was what, Eric Ebron? So other than that, I mean, Marcus, your twin brother, Eric Ebron. So I, I don't know, like other, outside of him, what other player, what other player has Chris Ballard beefed with, honestly. So other than that, uh, Marcus, before we get out of here, do you have any concerns about Jonathan Taylor heading into this contract extension? Uh no, I think they'll find a deal uh that can fit both the organization and the player. Um, that's usually how it goes when you know Ballard's involved with these deals because he is stubborn with his money. So I mean, if you don't find a situation or uh I say a line between both deal uh between the team and the and the uh and the player, then Ballard's gonna win regardless. So I think I think Ballard's gonna be fair with this price when it comes to Jonathan Taylor especially what he's done when he is on the field and he's active, especially if you got a good team around him. I think, I think, I think he'll find a deal done. Uh, I think it'll be done before uh, around training camp. So looking forward to that and, you know, looking forward to seeing Jonathan Taylor back on the field. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Running through tackles, bulldozing guys. I mean, we love Jonathan Taylor, right? We're not trying to, I mean, th th this talk and especially, I mean, if it's ugly now, just imagine how ugly it is between the GM the team, the organization, and him and his agent. Like, imagine how ugly that can get sometimes. So other than that, man, um, I, I think I think we're good. I think we're good for this episode of the Blue Stable Podcast. So I'm trying to make sure – oh, yeah, real quick before we get out of here. Just roughly estimate, what do you think a fair annual price would be? Me, personally, I'll go between, you know, 12 and 14. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely do – I would say – I'll go in the middle. Give me 13. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. That That's okay. So other than that, guys, this has been another episode of the Blue Stable Podcast. Thank you all to have listened, who have watched live, whether if you're watching live on YouTube, watching on YouTube after we've uploaded it, or listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get us, guys, make sure you subscribe and follow us on any platform. We are there for you. We are here. We are excited to get the season started. Training camp starts next week, July 20. Fifth, it is here. Both rookies and vets are reporting July 25th and not the rookies report one day, vets report two days later like we have seen. So other than that, guys, he is Marcus. I am Michael. We will see you back next week on the Blue Stable Podcast. See you. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.